Let's talk about some Full Metal Jacket. This is your boy, not your boy, but your host, Vince the Intern. He's Mile High himself, obviously. Let's kick it off and go around the table and see who's here and uh, and uh, give a little first impression of the first time you saw the Drill Sergeant. Pappy, start us off. I am Gunnery Sergeant Pappy, recording from Elkhart, <laughs> Indiana, your senior spoiler instructor. Um that actually this was the first time i had seen this movie i knew that guy from the show you had on history channel and oh, of course he's been in a lot of yeah, commercials but, yeah yeah but uh i mean that monologue's classic it's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie money mike uh private first class money mike reporting here <laughs> with, uh, with possible case of pneumonia who knows might be dying sleep upright <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i think the first time i saw him he was doing commercials i think it was like a i, I don't know probably like a car insurance commercial or something just yelling at the screen i, I don't know the general? does he do the general yeah. no that's the guy that's the guy from uh reno 911 and rocco's body oh yeah 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 it is Good oh <laughs> but, yeah that was, that was the first time i've seen that was the first time i've seen him i haven't seen the movie in a while so stevie our beloved star wars life day um, <laughs> this is Private C.V. Putman recording from Mishawaka, Indiana. Sanitation for duty. Your private snowball. <laughs> Maybe private churro for all you know. Um, first time churro. I saw Gunnery Sergeant uh, Arlie Ermey. He was playing coach in Saving Silverman, and I absolutely love that movie. So uh, yeah, it's the first time I remember him. Cool dude. This is Rear Admiral Jordan Long, uh, reporting <laughs> <laughs> report from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, yeah, this is the second time I've seen this movie, but it's been several years, and I I just think his like he has the funniest jokes that I've ever heard, just screamed at the top at the top of someone's lungs, and I never know whether to like be scared or laugh, you know. Yeah, definitely, and I have some of those written down um, here in my notes, but. Some of them I don't think I should say. <laughs> so like the ones that make me laugh the most, but also might offend the most people. So <laughs> I think we all would agree that that opening act of um, basically boot camp for, for the Marines was the best part, by far the best part of the movie. It's, it kind of cuts out all the political parts. It doesn't really get into you know the whole Vietnam War controversy, but uh, it's just funny. It's funny, and it's probably somewhat realistic if you cut out the humor, but I think that's just kind of some sick, uh, funny humor sprinkled in. Um, I read, obviously, I think we all read the IMDb page because that's what we do, but I read that uh, 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 R. Lee Ermey basically convinced Stanley Kubrick to play the role. Um, I think he was on set kind of like helping out with the dialogue and how a drill sergeant would act, but he kept saying, no, they're doing it wrong. And then um, I read a little piece. I don't know if it's on IMDb. I might have read it somewhere else. He actually stood up in Stanley Kubrick's face and like yelled at him as if um, he was like a soldier and he was a, a drill sergeant. And Stanley Kubrick just like sat down and was kind of shocked. And uh, from that point on, put him into the film. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's my least favorite part of the movie. What do you guys think? Like, what, what's your favorite parts of the movie? I know we kind of chatted in the group chat that it might not be a strong story overall but maybe it is so i guess what's your guys' favorite parts 
Well, I would say that opening scene, of course, is my favorite part, but also a little underrated, I think, is the last scene of the film and the tension that builds with the sniper in the yeah. building. Yeah. As you see that, it's actually playing out on my TV right now. I have it muted in the background. That's funny. But go ahead. What I didn't really care about were Joker's... Um, uh, I mean, them sort of traveling around Vietnam, getting hookers, and then Joker's... <laughs> And that wasn't as interesting to me, but uh, for me, the opening and closing scenes were really well done. And then, uh, sorry, I don't even have my correct notes in front of me. What was the guy who uh, killed himself? And uh, Sergeant Pyle. Yeah. Or private. Pyle. Yeah, Private Pyle. When Private Pyle like killed Bonus. himself, like uh, sort of a quarter of the way through the movie. I mean, that's what I kind of said to you earlier. You, you lose your fir- you know, your two most compelling characters in the first forty minutes, and then. You have a bunch of characters that you really don't care about from there on out. But my favorite parts of the movie definitely were just being on the island in boot camp. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I hated was uh, Joker telling you where, you where he was and what like the setup was of the scenes and his narrations. Oh, so I have a bone to pick with that, too, because I think the first 45 minutes of the film, there is zero narration. And then they're getting the end of um, boot camp, and then all of a sudden Joker's voice comes over. as like a voiceover narration. I thought that was a weird placement. Yeah, the first uh, narration was his last yeah. night. Was, uh, yeah, his last which night was on guard duty, pretty much. 50, 50 minutes into the film, you know? It's not like it was... Yeah, it's him on Firewatch. And then he does it about three more times. Yeah, I just... I didn't care for that. I hated the character Rafter Man. I thought I love that name though, Rafter Man. Yeah, Rafter Man's cool, but he was just the worst <laughs> yeah. character. True. Well, honestly, the acting might have been a little poor too. I I don't know. I like the name, and I think maybe they were playing off of like in war, any kind of fraternized situation. Like someone with a fun name, even if they're boring, is fun to say. So like they're kind of just around. And I yeah. feel like his character was just hanging around. Like it wasn't. He didn't really bring anything to the table. Um, and maybe that was. Built in, maybe not. I don't know. Vince, as like the resident Stan Kubrick expert, do you <laughs> don't call me an expert like, <laughs> on anything? Do you know like so? To me, it feels like two like really like kind of like separate films almost. Like where like the first part yeah. is like commenting on like the brutality of like boot camp and all that shit, and then the second one is much more of like a social commentary on like the Vietnam War and stuff, and actually made me like read a look like read up on the vietnam war a little bit because we sure. never got to that part in ap history um yeah um, that part of the story teachers anything. that part of the yeah. story <laughs> yeah the story of history um, <laughs> thanks a lot mr klaus so do you know like is there have you like read anything on that if like it's is it just that disjointed on purpose or what well that's interesting that you say that i did read somewhere in it Honestly, might be on DB, so um, you know maybe you guys read it too. Uh, but I read that they were shot at different points. So the boot camp part was actually shot second after the entire Vietnam, like actual war part. So the first scene that was shot was actually Joker and Rafter Man chilling in like that, like downtown city area, drinking like a beer at like an outdoor. Um, I don't know, cafe or whatever. And then that uh, prostitute comes up and she's like, me so horny. <laughs> uh, you know, that whole part. So um, that was actually the first scene shot. And then they shot the entire war part. And then the last scene shot, um, as far as like production and shooting the, the film goes, was 
graduation day um, at the barracks of, of boot camp. Um, so yeah, I don't know if on purpose of like the writing or the script or the main idea was to have it as two separate pieces, um, as kind of for men- or as mentioned was you know maybe how brutal boot camp can be and also how brutal war can be. And I think yeah. Joker's part was somewhat of a liaison, uh, um, I don't know, tie between the two of, you know, first of all, he was the Joker, so obviously he's making jokes and whatnot and trying to be the comic bridge between the two, um, but also, like, the reporting part was kind of the bridge between the two separate entities as well. I don't know if that was a purpose or not, but I did read that they were shot at different times, so a long-winded answer to your question would be that uh, I'm not sure if it's intentional, but they were shot at different times. Well, the, uh, the the drill sergeant was in a pretty serious car crash and almost died and had to yeah. halt production for four months, too. So, I mean, that could have even mm-hmm. added to the further disjunction because by that point, it's been, you know, almost a year since they shot the Vietnam scenes. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, and, you know, who knows how many kind of rewrites or, or whatnot or different idea changes could happen in time off like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know if that's... Good insights to your question, but no, I mean, I just think it's it's interesting because I usually think of Kubrick's movies of of having like a a theme kind of stringing everything together, and this was, I mean, there is because obviously it's wartime and all that, but it's it seems like two different pieces almost. Definitely, no, I I definitely agree. So as well, Mikey, have we gotten to um, to to your like first take of that of what of just the movie overall? I kind of dropped out there for a second. Um, yeah, it's like the first part is like seeing the drill sergeant and then also, um, just like the movie overall, what was your favorite part? Uh, Mikey went section eight on us there for a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, deck. the first half is definitely my favorite part. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys said, but I'm pretty sure you guys would agree that it's the <laughs> yeah. better half of the movie. Yeah, we were agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not to take anything away from the second half. I mean, the second half has like very realistic uh i don't know not so much action but just like war scenes and it's pretty gritty and i'd say the strongest part of the second half is uh the sniper scene yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. My man. the same thing as you dropped out <laughs> i love it uh love it. the uh, the black guy gets shot and mm-hmm. uh, uh cowboy is telling him not to not to fire back that part is probably the best scene of the second half of the movie but uh i think overall the first half is a lot better because it's more comedic you're learning about joker uh it has the drill sergeant who is like the strongest character in the whole movie Definitely. even though his time is cut short but yeah that's my thoughts i had a question about the drill sergeant i don't know if anyone knows um do you remember when he makes a dude choke himself <laughs> Yeah, that was pile. Yeah. That was pile that he made. What's yeah. What's the point of doing that? Is it just because he can't do that to him, or was it just be extra humiliating? Or I, I mean, I, I liked it, but I didn't get it. I mean, that raises a good question. My take was that it was just extra, like I don't know, kind of the drill sergeant's power over his underling. Yeah, just making okay. pile subservient to him. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But since Pappy, you brought up that car crash. No, that was his right hand. So I guess he injured like his left ribs and his left arm was a little immobile. So I was thinking maybe that was part of a reshoot, but I don't think it is. So conspiracy debunked. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think out loud for you guys. It's better than debunked in five seconds. <laughs> Hot takes. Before you even know what I'm talking about, I got to debunk. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, so, so this this came out in 1987. Um, it was uh, Kubrick's penultimate film, 
Um, it's second from last. And during 1987, we should mention that another Vietnam movie came out, um, Platoon, an Oliver Stone movie with Charlie Sheen. Um, and I actually really, really enjoy that movie as well. And I think we should Charlie also... Charlie Sheen of Young Guns. Charlie Sheen of Young Guns. <laughs> of Young Guns <laughs> fame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Known and rose to stardom from Young Guns, Charlie Sheen um, is, is in this movie. And uh, we should mention that it won Best Picture of 1987. So there's two Vietnam movies that came out. Kubrick, one of the best directors of all times, second to last film. And then Oliver Stone, who's also a very uh, well-renowned director as well, and he won Best Picture for it. Um, so let's go around. Have you guys seen Platoon? I have. Oh, yeah. Many a time. Are are you asking me to pick which one of these I prefer? Oh, shoot. Why not? Let's do that. Yeah. I wasn't even asking that, but that's a good question. I'd give the nod to Platoon, I think. Um, Yeah. I like William Defoe's performance. I think it's better overall as a movie, but um, Full Metal Jacket has the better sequence of the sergeant, but overall, I prefer Platoon. Nice. Money. What would you pick? I haven't seen Platoon. Who oh, else in it? We should spoil yeah. that at some point. Johnny yeah. Depp, Tom Berenger, Willem Dafoe, Charlie Defoe's, Sheen. Dafoe's performance is better than Sheen's for sure. It's really Defoe's good. Dafoe's the man in that movie. I think still, he's the man. Still looks the same. Was yeah, FMJ he's aged in nominated? 37 years. <laughs> I don't Was know. FMJ if... nominated for yes. best pick? No. Yes. Uh, it wasn't? No. I don't think for Best Pick. It was it had, only nominated it had... for Best uh, Adaptation. Oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought Kubrick was nominated. My bad. Nope. No, there was an Oscar nomination in this. And it was uh, for Adaptation, yeah. Because it was a book. Yeah. yeah, that was the only one. And it was Kubrick's 13th and final. He didn't get one for Eyes Wide Shut. Go figure. <laughs> I like that movie, but that's for another day. Uh, if I had to pick one of the two, I'd definitely pick uh, Platoon, which, Vince, sorry to be a fact check uh, stickler, um... Platoon came out in February of 1986. Uh, Full Metal Jacket came out in July of 1987. But Platoon Whoa. won the Oscar in 1987. Oh, how does that work? Because you have your movie calendar year. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> Don't teach me. Um, okay. Either way, they came out very similar. Very, very, very close to each other. Yeah, yeah. And they both were in the same Oscar class, I guess. So. Um, but I, I, I am glad you fact-checked that, because I did think that Platoon came out in 67, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Jordan Long, have you seen Platoon? No, I haven't seen it. Um, Shocker. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio Estevez was in it. It wasn't a Western, that's what it was. <laughs> <There it is>. <laughs> <laughs> really busy with fucking Emilio Estevez joints. <laughs> Jordan's an exclusively oh, she brother duo only this has gone off the rails with some meta petty shit right now. <laughs> oh god yeah all right anyways so pappy says um platoon stevie says platoon what do you say? money and jordan can't speak on it and so my opinion i would probably say platoon is the better film um overall and not just to give the oscars you know the credit that they want not maybe not that they deserve but the credit that they want but i think it is a better film it's a better script overall it's it. I think it's Oliver Stone's best work. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of all his other stuff, but he's not a terrible director. Uh, but I do think it is his best work, um, and I think it is a better film. Um, with that being said, though, Full Metal Jacket's a weird piece it, it, because I think Jordan brought up the point of it's it's almost two different movies. 
And so it's it's tough to like judge the entire thing because there's such a a sharp contrast of storyline after they leave boot camp. And maybe it could just be good storytelling where that's kind of what they were trying to portray. You go to boot camp, you go in as a as a person with a name and identity. They strip all that, and you just become the United States Marine Corps, and then they ship you off to something completely different that you've never seen. And maybe that's what was trying to be portrayed through the very um, quick, sudden, drastic change between the two, between boot camp and then into the into the thick of it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you see that transformation in the Joker's character after the sniper scene when he's falling in line with the other Marines and singing the Mickey Mouse theme song. Yeah, <laughs> he sort of lost his identity and that's become yeah, become part of this unit. And actually, the only other fun fact that I want to point out is that. The original who Kubrick wanted was Anthony Michael Hall of The Breakfast Club to play the Joker. And, oh, wow. oh, my God. And he turned Kubrick down. You oh, stand really? me up? Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They couldn't come to so, a financial agreement as the official. Well, I read oh, another interesting. Denzel. Denzel was possibly up for uh, Snowball. Wow. And turned it down. I don't know where I read that. I think IMDb. You know, <laughs> the fact checker of. Uh, That'd have been a young life. Denzel. Maybe not Denzel. That would have been like pre that wouldn't be. Yeah, I no, I think Rory it was like... came out in 89. Yeah, it did. Yeah. That'd be about right. Yeah, then. I think it was just for a 20-year-old yeah. in Vietnam. That'd have been right. Yeah. Um, so I think we should we should note Pyle's performance. So I think it was Ermi that quoted this, that uh, he thought Pyle had the best performance out of all the, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Uh, Privates. Privates, yeah, sure. Or like, or like the maggots Recruits, that first came yeah. in. Maggots. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh, his name is Vincent D'Onofrio. I've never been able to say his name. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, Let's call him Vincent D. Vincent Vinny D. So it's Vinny D. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Vinny D. The <laughs> <laughs> Vinny D's put on some Christmas pounds, um, but yeah. So no, he's still huge. He's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could. Uh, but he put on the weight for the role, this right? This is what he put I'm on trying so hard to get to. But yes, Pappy, exactly. <laughs> so he put on 70 pounds to play this film, or play this role in this film. And he broke Robert De Niro's movie movie weight record, is what I looked up, which was previously 60 pounds for Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull in 1980. Which I guess that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, it does make sense. But yeah, so... Um, Apparently, this is like the movie all-time record of amount of weight gained for a role, um, 70 pounds. Where's so Christian Bale pretty... on there? Well, Christian Where's Bale's Christian a good Bale point, but I think it's more he lost. Didn't he lose like 40 pounds for, uh, what was it, The Machinist? Yeah, but then he had Batman right He lost like that. 90 pounds for that. Maybe. It was, it was, he was down to like 120, maybe. He was, a, he was bones in uh, Machinist. But then, yeah, when he was in Batman, he looked like... Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, so I, I don't know. Didn't um, he go back down for the fighter after that too, or whatever the Oh, he did. Was? I think so. Yeah, that Christian Bale, he's just really good with his weight fluctuation and his Batman accent. He's <laughs> <laughs> Batman. Um, so, <laughs> one of my favorite characters of the second act of the film was Animal Lover, like the big dude with the machine gun that had like the bullet feeding uh, um, chain. Like he was just like that typical like dumb idiot. Probably couldn't do anything Crazy else, ass. but he's like a definite perfect killing war machine. Uh, but I read somewhere that Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down that role as animal mother. Ugh. 
Really? Thank God. Why? Yeah. That'd have been awesome. I don't know, dude. The, he's not. A, he's not an American. He's not even native. I don't think animal mo- animal mother was either. I don't think animal that dude was dumb. He couldn't read. No, dude, I don't a... think Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin could read. Definitely not. Which he's not a Baldwin brother. I had to look that. Oh, yeah, up. <laughs> I had to. I have that as a note. Not a Baldwin brother. That's <laughs> yeah. a bullet point. And the first source that I found that said he wasn't, I had to like double check. I was like, uh, he might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you, Ron I'm not Burgundy. Too sure, he looks like a Baldwin. He's dumb. He's in movies, so let's do it. <laughs> I think Arnold would have been bad, though. I thought he'd he been awesome as Animal Mother. I th- yeah, well, I read that. I thought he'd be okay. Adam Baldwin did a great job. I don't know if Schwarzenegger would have done one. And then I would have been watching Schwarzenegger not been pulled into the role like I was with Adam That's Baldwin. True. Yeah. A more of an anonymous actor at the time, or at least now. Soldiers don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger either. I mean, that guy is just head-to-toe a giant muscle. <laughs> don't really Tell look that like to that. every movie that he's been in, because <laughs> doesn't he play like a ex-marine or like a ex-military Commando. person? Every yeah, or even Mando, yeah, but those are a robot. Those are like action. Or a robot. Like yeah, a, he plays half robot sometimes. Are there any parts that we haven't touched, guys? That uh, you want to bring up? Maybe goofs or parts you don't understand, or funny parts or whatever. I nah. think Pyle was just kind of like. Looking at how the Marine can t- like how the Corps could take any stupid idiot and turn him into a killing machine at that point. Yeah. That's no, the way I, I kind of looked at him. Towards graduation, he was somewhat, well, he made 300. He was competent, but, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah he was a competent, trained killer. And I think there's that scene where you're shooting targets and um, uh, Sergeant comes up and says, you know, maybe we can make you a Marine after all. Because he's like drilling the targets and he's and he's kind of got whipped into shape. So and there was that scene that was right before that that was a little bit on the nose where they're like, "Who was Lee Harvey Oswald?" And then like some guy says it's a Marine, and then they reference some mass shooting that took place in Austin, and that was also a Marine. Yeah. So it's kind of referencing yeah. that these people kind of lose their minds sometimes. Which Sergeant Pyle definitely Private Pyle. Knows. Yeah, Private Pyle. Had I mean, that's... two confirmed kills though. <laughs> 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 oh shit! One of a very high-ranking officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's, that's, bad. that's funny. Yeah, so I don't think we spoiled it. I think one of the biggest spoilers to our listeners is that uh, <laughs> private, private pile, uh, the big fat dummy that we're talking about, that comes into boot camp. He makes it all the way through the end, and he actually turns himself into a decent trained killer. Um, and it's toward, it's the last night, and jo- Joker said he drew straw. And uh, unfortunately, had to be like on on watch or something is what they call it. Firewatch. So yeah. yeah, he's basically uh, um, walking around with a flashlight and just making sure no- nothing happens when everyone else is sleeping. Here's a noise in the bathroom. Walks in the bathroom. Pile sitting on the toilet, taking a yeah. shit. Oh. Well, his pants were on. He he put <laughs> his turtles out, you know. But uh, he he had his not pants but off on the toilet. Yeah, he's <laughs> jerking off. Who knows? Um, but he had his uh, boxer briefs on. And uh, had his M14 in his hand and uh, was loading, um, well, actually, like, draped across his shoulder, and he, had, he was loading a, a, a magazine. Um, and that's where it comes from, uh, 762 millimeter full metal jacket, name of the film. Um, that's where that quote comes from. He's sitting on the toilet filling the, uh, the, the magazine, and then when he fills it, that's when he says that. And then 
that's when Joker walks in when he's doing that, and uh, you can tell Pyle's kind of just lost his mind at this point. And he he jumps up and he starts yelling the thing like right shoulder, huh! and he does that whole thing, and he like presses it down, and, and Joker's kind of like. What are you doing? Calm down, calm down. Uh, the drill sergeant wakes up, <laughs> runs in there. Yeah, and, Pyle's uh, screaming the rifle prayer. Oh, this is my rifle, this is my gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he was full <laughs> crazy. He, he totally lost it off the, off the chains, but off the wagon or whatever. Um, and the drill sergeant comes in, shoots him, and then he falls down on the toilet and uh, shoots himself in the head. And that's like the last scene of boot camp. And then the next scene is Rafter Man and Joker chilling in like that uh, that town square that I mentioned earlier, where the uh, prostitute comes up. Me horny, me love you long time. Uh, <laughs> bullshit. Was there anything else that you guys want to mention in, or we should jump into trivia? I thought Matthew oh, Modine was kind of an underwhelming leading man. But that's about it. I like him as an actor. Yeah, Vision Quest was awesome. I've never seen Vision Quest. It's extremely eighties, but pretty fun to watch. I like mm. it. I'm 50-50 on that because the extremely age, but if it's watch. It's wrestling, man. Wrestling? Competitive high school wrestling. Ooh. So it's Foxcatcher. Yeah. It's not just not as intense or scary. Sheesh. Oh, nice. With an 80s touch. Well, I was going to say let's go around and uh, say our yes or no's. Since I hosted, obviously it's a yes. Stanley Kubrick could shit in a bag, mail it to my family's house, and I would still love it. Um, so... Anything Kubrick's amazing, but I do really like this film. Um, absolute yes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go yes. Um, I mean, I think it's like as like a period piece. I think it's a must see. Um, and like I said, it like made me want to learn more about the Vietnam War because I I definitely picked the last time I watched this was probably like late high school, and I picked up on a lot more societal issues. I guess this time, and so yeah. it's good. It's it's good to see that kind of stuff, and and also be exposed to kind of the the brutality in in both kind of segments of the movie so i'm gonna i mean it's a it's a yes uh i'd say yeah uh the first half of this movie is amazing and the second half isn't like it's not bad but it's just so different from the first half it kind of leaves you wanting more of the same but yeah it is it's like a gritty realistic depiction of war and boot camp and it's nice to see like a realistic depiction instead of just over the top dumb action movies explosions and yeah so the expendables not the expendables yeah. oh man my favorite movie um pappy um it's a Kubrick classic it's not in my top five of his but it's a hard hard yes for me Ooh, it was so sure. hard stevie what do you think uh, i might give it a <laughs> yes uh definitely yeah. think the first half of this movie is by far superior to the second half i just i don't know i just don't enjoy the second half as much as i do the first i mean it's kind of like what mikey said it's not bad it's just and i just the first 45 minutes 50 minutes of this movie really just grips you in pulls you in mm-hmm. and then just kind of leaves you wanting more um i was happy to see both ends um of the first half and the second half end with mickey mouse and uh <laughs> well the first half when Sergeant Hartman comes in asking, "What is this Mickey Mouse bullshit?" And then oh, uh, yeah. the end with the song of Mickey Mouse. So um, yeah, I give it a yes. Nice. And for that, that is five yeses. So we are um, at a uh, Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh. So yeah, go ahead and check us out on RottenTomatoes.com. Nope, no, no, preserve. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're here at spoilers. We're preserved, baby. That milk is ain't gonna spoiled ever. So yeah. 
Um, but anyways, let's move along here and get into the trivia. Um, I had an idea of doing a subjective trivia question, which I don't think we've ever really done here in our 30, 40 episodes that we've done. Um, so I moved it more obje- objective, but this might be a little bit of a weird, tough game. And I don't know if I really thought it all the way through, so bear with me here. But I think it might work out. So what I'm going to do is Stanley Kubrick has 13 films. Um, and of those 13 films, what we're going to do here is we're going to do like a um, free throw, what would you call it, knockout? What, what's that called? Where, uh, not knockout, but... Uh, like shoot till you miss? Yeah, that shoot till you miss kind of thing. So we're going to go like in an order and you name off things until you miss. Hands off the keyboard, boys. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you could minimize your Chrome browser, and if you're not using Chrome, you're a pleb. Um, but minimize your Chrome browser and... Uh, <laughs> Um, no cheating here. But what we're going to do, of the 13 Stanley Kubrick movies, we're going to name off characters and or their name. Oh, Christ. But you have to combine it with the movie that they're in. So this might be super hard. Um, it might be decently hard. It might be kind of easy. So um, I will name all the movies that they're there, that uh, Kubrick, that we can pick from. Um, so that might actually help with certain kind of guesses and whatnot. Um, so his... Late last film, Eyes Wide Shut, 1999. Full Metal Jacket, 1987. The Shining, 1980. Barry Lyndon, 1975. A Clockwork Orange, 1971. 2001, A Space Odyssey, 1968. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, 1964, a movie we've spoiled. Lolita, 1962, Spartacus, 1960, Paths of Glory, 1957, now we're getting to the 50s, The the Killing, 1956. Yeah, you don't have to worry. You don't really don't. really don't. Yeah, but you could say, like, The Killer of Killer's Kiss, and maybe that would be a character. Uh, Hint, it's not, but, like, if, you know Uh. what I mean. So, so we have to name and his final film fear and desire 1953 so all you have to do is name a character i can name like two of those a character yeah. in the movie this they're from of a question. What, so it's a character in a movie well the reason i say movie is so you don't just say like <laughs> and also how i'm searching how i'm searching this is really tough i have 13 tabs open <laughs> and f finding uh the person that you're gonna be saying so the film would help D- don't you already know all the characters, Vince? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Let go. Um, Who's first? We're going to do... Yeah, Stevie? No. Who has the advantage? Not me. I've, I hate Kubrick. No, Stevie, you hosted uh, the uh, holidays. Well, yeah, you can say that. Wouldn't the first person have the advantage? Or no? Yeah. We're going sure. to do, do Money Mike, Pappy, Jordan, Stevie. All right. And at least you should Ready? be able to name, and it doesn't have to be like it. So it can either be the actor's name or the character's name. And since we just watched Full Metal okay. Jacket, I hope we can get at least a couple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Spartacus, Spartacus. Boom! Nice pick. That is absolutely one. Played by Kirk Douglas. Private Joker, Full Metal Jacket. Boom! Jordan Long. Gomer Pyle, Full Metal Jacket. Boom! Stevie. I'm a, I don't think this is right. Um, let's see here. Alex, Clockwork Orange. Boop, 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 boop. Yep, played by Malcolm McDowell. There we go. Uh, Rafterman, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, nice pick. 
Pappy. Animal mother, full metal jacket. Boom, that's big. We should definitely get those crossed off. I love it. Jordan Long. Snowball, full metal jacket. <laughs> Boom, nice pick, Stevie. Uh, has anybody said cowboy yet? Full metal jacket? Shit. No, nice pick. Money Mike. Uh, and also remember. Uh, yeah, we can uh, say Jeremy Irons is in Lolita. Jeremy Irons is in Lolita, right? Jeremy, last name? Irons. I-R-O-N-S. Well, he could be, but he's not pulling up on a uh, search. I think I'm going to have to check you on that one. Out. (laughs) Out. 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 Double check that. I'm pretty sure he is. No, I I am checking it. Two men enter. One man. (laughs) Jeremy Irons? Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah. That is spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Money. He's in a Lolita, but he's in 1997's Lolita. Uh, not Stanley Kubrick's 1960 Lolita. That's so uh, suspicious. It seems like somebody was Googling. No, yeah, I heard a podcast very, with last week. Uh, very Googleish. Moving on. If someone gets another one, you are out. Let's go to Pappy, your pick. Jack Nicholson. The shine. Noise! That counts. That counts. Jordan Long. Dave, 2001. Yes, sir. Hello, Dave. Is it my turn? Absolutely. That's Dave Do- uh, Bowman, Dr. Dave Bowman, played by... I can't say his name, so I'm just going to go on. Stevie, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if this is her name or not, but Shelley Duvall, The Shining. Yes, God damn definitely- it. She's in Time Bandits. <laughs> Oh fuck off! So let's let's all go around here and say how bad Time Bandits is. It's really, really bad. That's that's too. That's certified terrible. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, paps up. Uh, Pappy, your turn. A- Animal Mother, full moon. Already, already said that. Already said that. But I'm gonna give you some uh, lean that seat. Eight ball, full moon. Nice pick. Very pick. Wait, that was just eight ball. Eight ball. Jordan. I'm gonna go. Uh... Lolita and Lolita. <laughs> that will play, baby. Play yes. back to Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love the strategy. Uh, <laughs> that's obvious you didn't know. <laughs> Christ almighty. Uh, Nicole Kidman, eyes wide shut. Very, very good. And you should be able to get another point from that. Pappy. Tom Cruise, eyes wide shut. All right. I gave it to Pappy. Jordan. Dr. Strange Love. <laughs> in Doctor <laughs> Strange Love. <laughs> yeah, that will fucking play, dude. Jordan knows how to win games. Happy. Boom. No, Stevie. Stevie. What? Me again? Wait, no. Well, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I'm I don't know. Yeah. It's you again. Well, you come after Jordan. Unless Jack I D. Ripper, Doctor Strange Love. Very good pick. Happy. Crazy Earl, full metal jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Earl, that will play. Jordan Long, I'm, I'm out. I thought I could. I thought I could finagle my way through. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Dude, you definitely can keep finagling. Okay, um, M- Mrs. Strangelove from <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Mother Mary, what did you? Were you on the Doctor Strangelove episode? No. Okay, God, you are so out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Mrs. Strangelove is not. Move on. All right. Let's go. Me and Stevie. Me and Stevie. Please knock him out. Please. Mrs. Strangelove. Me and Stevie. Um, let's see here. Dog Strangelove. 
Um, <laughs> Fancy, can you get me a little wiggle, wiggle no, room on no, this? No, no, Just well, a little? Uh, I've got a home depends. run. I've got a home I, run. It's a character's I'll, name. I'll, then yes. It's either going to be Doorman or Door Gunner. A full metal? Full metal jacket. Dude, no. Very good. Door Gunner. You Thank got you. that. One. James Earl yes. Jones, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Yes. His uh, debut film, I believe. TV. Um, somebody said Joker. Somebody said Cowboy Joker. And to our listeners, uh, may I mind you, as you think, um, if Pappy gets right and Stevie answers wrong, Pappy wins. Um, because Peter Sellers, Doctor Strangelove. Very good. Very good. <sighs> Christ. Since we're down to two, at some point, I got one in the bank. I can name all the movies again if we want. Um. Scary Twin Number One, The Shining. <laughs> um, no, but that's not in there. Stevie's got a name one though, yeah. No, I'm, up, well, I'm looking up. I'm looking up Scary Girl Number. One. I said Twin. It's, scary Twin it's Number Grady, One. It's Grady Daughter. God, then, that's so cool. Oh. <laughs> They're both billed as Grady Daughter, so there's not even one and two. So there's Force Ranger One and Force Ranger Two, but there's Grady Daughter by Lisa Burns. And Grady Daughter by Louise Burns. So they're actually twins in real life. Um, does that mean? Wait, 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 wait. No, he wins. What do you say? I said Mandrake. Yeah. Dr. Strangelove. That will play. Well, well I, so I was thinking about it because we've already said Peter Sellers. And Peter Sellers was Mandrake, President Merkin Muffley, and Dr. Strangelove. I named the character. He no, he played multiple characters. Stevie, Stevie wins. Well, no, he does. All right, Stevie, what's it going to be? <laughs> um, this is actually a 2016 movie that came out earlier this year that got no sweet, theater sweet, play. Sweet. Okay, yes. Let's do it. Um, it's a movie I've seen probably two or three times, and I really like it. It's called Midnight Special. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's with Michael hey. Shannon and uh, Joel Edgerton yep. and Kirsten Dunst. Very good movie. Nice pick. Well, thanks, yep. everyone, for being on. Um, this was uh, Vince the Intern for... Seven six two full metal jacket millimeter full jacket. I really ruined that. But anyways, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter by going to podcast Jesus. Christ. Okay, someone else play us out. <laughs> Stevie, play us. We are so we're not we're not getting this. Should we rewind? Try it again. <laughs> Try it again. Podcast spoilers at gmail.com. <laughs> Welcome to spoilers. <laughs> tweet us at, at spoilerspdcst. Leave us a review by searching for spoilers podcast and click on the uh, cereal bowl review tabs and leave us a review there. Joshua Hensley wrote our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone else would jump in at some point. This is the worst playoff ever. <laughs>
Stanley Kubrick could shit in a bag, mail it to my family's house, and I would still love it. 